there's a lot of information out there. I know you may really want to get a certain goal or look a certain way or feel a certain way, but take a step back and breathe because it's a lot and it's overwhelming and it can really take a toll on you mentally and thus physically. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. So just, just take some time for yourself and, and breathe and then recoup and figure out what's going to work best for yourself. You take a step back and do that 1% thing that's going to make you better that, that day, then, then you've already won because you are, you are progressing in your life. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back, listeners. Thanks for joining us again on the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. As always, your host, Steve Opolinik, bringing episode 51. Our guest today is Amy Puccini. Now, we had Tanner Kern on the podcast in earlier episodes, and his podcast, the Tanner Kern podcast, has a wealth of guests on, on it as well. If you haven't checked it out, go check that out now. Well, not now after you listen to this episode, but he actually had Amy on his podcast and I was listening to the podcast and I felt Amy would be a fantastic guest for our show just based on her approach to fitness, mindset, nutrition, and just overall life. She also has some really strong information to share about mindset and how these three pillars really form together to, to make change. And has some some really good gems of wisdom. So tune in, listen up, and take some notes. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome to the podcast, Amy Martha Puccini. Yeah. Uh, I felt like it was really apropos because I know you're into comic books a little bit. We were just talking about Captain America, but um, I felt like it was really important to keep the Martha part of your name in it, just based on the Batman Superman conversation and, you know, how totally. it fits with your company and your brand and everything of that nature. So. Fair enough. Yes, makes sense. <laughs> well, it's fantastic to have you as a guest. Uh, can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and what your passions are? Yeah, totally. So um, as you said, I'm Amy and I am currently, so right now I am doing my master's in holistic nutrition online. Um, I got my bachelor's at Merrimack College in Massachusetts in um, nutritional sciences. And 
I decided to go down the holistic nutrition route rather than the registered dietitian path, which I thought at first was the only path there was for nutrition. Right. And uh, I decided to go down the holistic route because I was working at a gym at one point because I'm also personal training certified. And I was working at a gym and they have nutrition um, aspects to their fitness center as well. And they really approached fitness and wellness in a holistic approach. And I didn't realize that this was a whole different part of life in the nutrition world. And I was like, this is amazing. This really resonates with me. And so I decided to look into some schools and I found a great one called Hawthorne university. They're based out of California. And, um, it just, to me, it makes a lot more sense to approach uh, wellness and nutrition in a holistic aspect. And for people who don't know what that means is basically approaching in a way that it's, it's less of meal plans. And yes, the USDA guidelines are very, they're important to follow, but they're guidelines. That's what they are. They're basic points to get a person started, but everyone's biochemical individuality is so different and things need to be tailored to each person's individuality. And so that's basically what a lot of the holistic approach is. Um, I know I'm getting in depth. I'll just keep going. Cause you just asked me about me. It's but- okay. I want, I want to circle back to that, you know, cause I do mental health counseling and I have an integrative mm-hmm. like nutritional background with, with mental health as well. And mm-hmm. so that's a big topic, I think really important. So we'll circle back to it. I'll put it in my notes to circle okay. back to, uh, but yeah, please continue with your story. Yeah. So, um, like I said, right now I am doing my master's online, but I am also, as I said, personal training certified. So I work with clients online here and there, um, for whatever they, they want, whether it's, in the fitness aspect, they need exercises or the nutrition aspect, they need guidance in their, their food intake, what they need. Um, or what I really like to tell people is an all around approach to wellness and the goals they're looking for. Cause maybe they want to be just stronger, gain more muscle, mm-hmm. or maybe they just want to lose fat, but it's really hard to fully reach either one of those goals without the other aspect. So you can't just gain a lot of muscle by working out and eating like crap. And you can't just lose weight by eating really health. Well, you can, but (laughs) um, strength work is really important as well for your overall health. And the other thing I like to work on is uh, mindset because you can have the best diet plan, you can have the best fitness plan, but neither of those are going to work if you're not mentally prepared and ready for, um, those changes and to approach them in a holistic, sustainable and attainable way for them to stay long-term. And that's the problem with all those fad diets out there is they're, they're quick fixes and everything. So you mean, you mean those tummy teas aren't going to work for me to get me? To oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Um, please don't try those <laughs> <laughs> no i just stick with green tea i think that's enough for me um Good. You know, so i so there's so much to unpack to that right um you know i so uh, i'll be honest i kind of uh stole you from 
Tanner Kern's podcast. Uh, he was he's been on the podcast before. I've been on his podcast before, and uh, you know I listened to your episode and I, was, and I I took a note of reaching wanting to reach out to you to to get you on our podcast because I felt like what you were saying was uh, really pertinent to what we do in an integrative and holistic approach to whole person um, body and and mind wellness. So. Um, there's a ton of stuff I want to get into, but I'm really interested into what guided you towards going for nutrition in the first place and gearing towards that. You're NASM certified, right? Yeah. My, yeah. my personal training certifications through yeah. NASM. So what kind of put you on that? Cause I, I got to assume in your life, you've had a bunch of stuff going on. What, what put you in that approach? And then, you know, we talked a little bit about the holistic approach to nutrition and, and how you got there through that, that gym. But I'm wondering what's, what started the catalyst to that journey for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, first, I'm glad that you, you listened to Tanner Kern's um, podcast with me and that you enjoyed it and it resonated with you. Um, I loved talking with Tanner. He was, he was great. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that you guys have a good connection. Um, but yeah, so my, my journey to both fitness and nutrition were very different, but the same in, in, in different aspects. So, um, nutrition, I guess I was a senior in high school and I had to figure out or junior and figure out what I was going to go to college for. Yeah. And I knew that was either athletic training or nutrition. I really liked both. I loved the human body and figuring out how it worked, but there was something else inside of me being like, I love food. <laughs> as many people do. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I didn't really know when I had to make the decision. So I picked a school that had both and I applied for the athletic training, um, program because usually that one's a little harder to get into. Um, it's easier to first get into it than it is to switch into it later while you're already in college. Yeah, so I, I did that first. And then it was like two weeks into school. I watched a football game with my roommate and I was like, I'm watching the athletic trainers on the sideline. And yes, they're so smart and they do a lot and their work is very important. But I also watched them on the sideline, basically be a water boy for the team until someone gets hurt. And that's mm -hmm. like what you do. And I was just like, I don't think that that's what I want to do. It, it just didn't, it didn't have that passion for me behind it. And I think that's what I want a lot of my work to be in my life is mm -hmm. having a lot of passion behind it. So that wasn't an knock at athletic trainers. It was just my personal feel towards it. And so I, a few weeks into school, I changed to a nutrition major and it was nutritional sciences. So there was a lot more bio and chem than there was any other classes, but it still was so helpful to really learn the the back end of it and the chemistry of certain molecules and just like the, for example, the chemistry of a fat molecule. Right. So it's not just I'm consuming um, a saturated fat, it's knowing the molecular structure and how it's going to react with the molecules in your body is super helpful. And to hear research and everything, I can't say I remember everything from it, yeah. but <laughs> um, it's definitely helpful. So it was a very gradual approach to getting to nutrition. You know, it wasn't just like something big happened in my life. And I was like, yes, like nutrition for the rest of my life. I just kind of always had this passion and it grew more and more as I lived and thinking about that people have to eat 
at least three times a day, three meals a day. And the amount of people that struggle with eating in so many different ways, like (laughs) it hurts me. (laughs) I'm I'm like, that sounds exhausting. You have to eat to live and sustain and have a quality life. But if you don't know how to do it, it's just, it's, it's crazy how, how much it is, how, how difficult it is for people. So that is really fueled a lot of my, my fire to keep going with this. That's awesome. um, and then as far as fitness, I never really thought about being a personal trainer or coaching others in it, but I've been a long time athlete and I was working in a gym at my um, college and my undergrad and just as the, the front desk administrative assistant type thing. And my school was having like a deal with NASM and it was, Hey, you're a student with Merrimack. We'll give you basically a half off or (laughs) whatever. And I didn't really think anything of it until one of my friends that also worked in the gym was like, Amy, you should really try this because I always worked out even outside of sports. I'm in the gym. I'm, I'm weight training. So he was like, Amy, you should really do this. And so I thought about it. I was like, okay, why not? (laughs) Like, I didn't even think about it for coaching others, but I was like, I work out all the time. Might as well figure out what I'm doing (laughs) and learn a little more about it. And I realized that I can combine both my nutrition background and this newfound knowledge I have of fitness and working out and combine them. And that's when it really was like exploded in my mind. I was like, duh like you can't really do nutrition without fitness you can't do fitness without nutrition like in terms of reaching goals so i was like this just makes so much sense and that's where i am now (laughs) that's fantastic um so so much of what you're saying resonates with me the very first episode uh that we did of of the podcast i was actually interviewing my little sister who's part Mm of uh the promethean project our nonprofit. Yeah, she's a co-founder. And we were talking about our own journey with fitness and nutrition. And I I had a pretty significant emotional overeating disorder when I was younger, just eating my emotions, my anxiety, my trauma, my depression, and just really not understanding, right, the the basic concepts of it. And, you know, you would hear about dieting, you'd hear about Atkins, you'd hear about all these fad diets that are the way to do it. And, you know, thinking about that in, in something so simple as eating and consuming food, which should be fun and should be natural and should be um, something that tied to anxiety or, or anything of those means uh, has become so overcomplicated when you add the emotional aspect, but then also just the nutritional aspect of, of what simple foods are and how complex the food industry has gotten that you can consume something and have no idea what's in it. It has the flavor of, you know, maybe peanut butter, but there's no peanut butter in it. So <laughs> what are you actually consuming? Yeah, what right? is it? Like, um, how can you be eating peanut butter and not be eating peanut butter? And that's right. Additives and just, just crap. You should not be putting in your body. You're, it's not meant to be in your body. It's chemically made. It's nasty. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that like in the fitness industry, that there's a lot of back and forth on you, you see a lot of fitness 
and wellness people talking about, well, you know, weight loss is all about the calories and to an extent it is and say, well, technically you can consume this, this has less calories, so you can still lose weight. And I think the point they're trying to make is to not beat yourself up too much about it. But I think they're, they're also not adding in the nutritional like density of, of getting nutrients into your body, which we all know affects mood, affects a bunch of different stuff, gut health, um, physical reactions, you know, emotions and, and things of that nature. And I think that's in looking in your website and your posts on Instagram and your interview with Tanner, I think that's something that really comes through with what you're doing is that, yeah, there is this part to it, but we also want to make sure we're, you know, getting nutrients in as well, because you don't want to live off McDonald's and just consume, I don't know, 1700 calories and lose weight, but that's not a healthy way to live either. You know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can reach your goals, uh, like, for example, taking the example of fat loss, because that's what many people want to do and they're looking for. And you can make sure, sorry, if you can hear the train in the background, there's one in my backyard. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, but you can, you can be in a calorie deficit, just consume less calories than you eat or then wait, what consume less calories <laughs> than you burn. <laughs> yeah. Can, yeah. Consume less calories than you burn and you'll, you'll lose weight. But how, how first, how big is that gap? You know, you can eat 500 calories a day, but that's just not healthy. You'll mm. lose really fast. That's not okay for your body. It's, it just doesn't want that. Mm. <laughs> if it sounds extreme, it is extreme. It's not right. natural. And second, what are you going to do after that? You lose the weight. Okay. How the heck are you going to keep that off? You know, you, you, you lost it and it's not just going to stay that way. And people think the hardest part is losing it because there's with the food industry, it, we don't know. There's so many people just don't know what the right way to do it is. So when they finally figure out a way for themselves that they, they lost the weight and then they don't know what to do after that. They don't know how to sustain it. Their body isn't happy. And most of the time people just gain it all back plus more, um, like your body mass index, you could be the same weight, but your body mass index will be different. It'll be more. And that's called yo-yo dieting is when you keep going back and forth up and down like that. So that's a huge thing. And it's, that's why a lot of what a holistic approach is, is natural ways to get the goals that you want because yes we want people to lose weight if if that's what they want because they could they could be perfectly healthy but we we know in our in our day and age we we don't feel comfortable when we look in the mirror we want to look this way and we see people on instagram which everyone those things are edited please stop comparing (laughs) yourself (laughs) um but we want to look a certain way so even if they are naturally healthy the way they are, but they're just not going to be happy until they lose some weight. That's okay. Because that's a huge part of the mental aspect. You're not going to be happy and your body understands if your mind isn't there, your emotions aren't there. Everything is connected. There's people don't understand that your mind, your body, your um, your emotions, everything is connected and impacts one another. You can't just be 
um, like you said, with the fitness industry, that's a big, um, like controversy. We have these say protein bars and it says zero grams of sugar, but there's 17 grams of sugar alcohol. Um, what the <laughs> sugar alcohol, what does that even mean? You did, that doesn't go in your body. It's not naturally, it's not natural. It's chemically made in, in a factory that does not go in your body, but they're going to, they could reach the goals they want. They got, they got uh, lean muscle and they're losing fat. That's great, but that's not what your body wants. It's not healthy for it. So it's really trying to get across what I try to get across a lot to people is go slow, take your time, figure out what works for you. Take one step at a time and it's not going to be easy but you're not going to figure it out by doing the Atkins diet and then this diet and then that diet and then never getting your goals or going up and down and yo-yo diving. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting because your body has this natural want in most cases, barring any kind of illnesses or disease to, to maintain an equal equilibrium or homeostasis of what's going on. Right. And so as things start to progress, whether it's weight loss or, or cutting calories, they're going to take it from different aspects of, of the body. So yes, you might be cutting your calories to lose weight, but your, your muscles are also going to, um, not benefit from that either. Right. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, like there's calcium is a really interesting thing because, and we'll get to the USDA and the guidelines for in individuality, um, with this, this is a connecting point, I think. If you look at calcium or magnesium in the body, those micronutrients, if you pay attention to it, it's really hard to know if you're deficient because your body will pull from different sources and put it into your bloodstream because that's where it's needed. So calcium is leached from your bones into your bloodstream and you might test, you know, mid to, to low calcium, but you fall within that range. That's okay a doctor generally isn't going to tell you you need to add more calcium to your diet because you hit that metric, but they're not taking into account a lot of times that, you know, the bones that you really needed are leaching it from there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we, you were doing the USDA guidelines with food intake and nutrients. And I'm sure, you know, the, the food pyramid factors into kind of what you're talking about, which is an interesting uh, conversation in its own right. But also when you do any blood testing to kind of see where you are with all these nutrients and, and nutrition, that's just a metric they've taken from, you know, this amalgamation of the populace and say, okay, this is the average amount. So within, within here and here, you should be good. But I think it's misleading to a lot of people as well, because you might be on the low end of iron and say, oh, you know, you're still in that that gap that we like. So you, you'll be okay, but you could still have the effects of being, having low iron. And mm -hmm. I think that's part of nutrition that isn't always looked at because we're so segmented in our care of it. Yeah. That's a huge thing with, um, conventional medicine. Like today's, today's medicine is that we go to our regular doctors and our physicians, which do great work and we need definitely, <laughs> but yeah. we also are stuck in very old ways of thinking and we have one patient after the other and we just kind of follow the process we're supposed to do instead of taking a step back and first listening to the client 
and maybe not, hey, uh, this feels sick and that feels sick, but hey, I'm, I just recently lost a, a ton of weight. Like they could have just said that casually, like um, the doctor took your weight and wow, you're in, you're in a great healthy range. And they're just like, yeah, I just recently lost a bunch of weight. If you don't ask me follow-up questions to that, how did they lose that weight? Was it really fast in a very unhealthy way, which could affect the rest of their body? But right now, all their all their blood levels are fine. Um, so it, we need to take a step back and see a person as a whole instead of in pieces. And that's what a lot of um, conventional medicine is right now, which is why looking into things like integrative medicine doctors and holistic nutritionists are a way that's going to do a lot of what your regular doctors do, plus looking at you as a whole instead of in pieces, because they understand that they're, we are a whole and everything does connect and impact each other. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly kind of the model that we're trying to follow is this integrative approach and, and, you know, really supplementing, whether it's one individual kind of looking at those pieces or being part of the team. I can't tell you how many times I reach out to, um, you know, primary care or other doctors that work with my clients and there's no collaboration between the mental health counseling and what's going on on that front. Um, you know, especially around nutrition, I've, I've counseled people who've been underweight and the general consensus is like, just get calories in. And so they, they load up on ice creams and cookies and things of that nature, which is a way to get calories in. Right. Yeah. But, but then it also becomes a, you know, a, a whole body kind of shutdown because all you're consuming are, are these like fatty, sugary, carbohydrate kind of things, which in their own right are fine. But if that's just what you're doing to get the calorie in intake in there, it doesn't really set up for that. Like you're talking about sustainability of moving forward. Yeah. I had just made a post about this yesterday. It was like um, one of those swiping Instagram posts. And it was like um, some key differences between gaining and losing weight. And one of them was um, that you are going to eat more calories than you burn to gain weight and then the opposite for losing weight. But I made a note on there. I was like, that doesn't mean you can eat crap. You know, that doesn't mean you can eat anything you want if you're trying to gain weight and just eat a bunch of calories because you can eat, like I see these posts on Instagram all the time. It's two pictures next to each other, the same plate, the same food, mm -hmm. but one of them for the weight gain side has much more. So say breakfast, for example, on the weight loss side, there's, there's one, one egg over easy and, um, some fruit or uh, whatever. And then the weight, um, gain side has, uh, two or three eggs. It has a piece of toast. It has some peanut butter on that toast. It has fruit. And there's maybe a quarter of an avocado on the weight loss side. And there's half an avocado on the weight gain side. It's the same food, but you're eating more of it. The quality food makes such a difference. And if you're looking at food simply for the calories, then you're not, you're doing a disservice to your body and right. what it, what it truly needs. Yeah. So we, so the, this whole first part of the podcast has been really heavy. So I want to shift gears a little bit because I think what you do is, uh, 
you know, I'm going to include your Instagram handle and your website and everything in, in the show notes, because I think the way you break this down in your posts is, is a lot of fun and silly and really enticing to, to people to see. It's not just, Hey, here's the thing. And listen to me. Cause I have these degrees. You're, you're unabashed and you kind of make fun of yourself as, as you do it. And so it, it, it's intriguing to watch because it, it has all these big pieces of nutrition and, and concepts of wellness in smaller digestible increments. So I want to get to that. But before we do that, here is a question I have for you. And I think it comes up a lot. Uh, unfortunately, mostly w- with women, um, y- you know, in, in fitness and wellness, and it's that difference between cardio and weightlifting, right? And I think in one of your videos, you called um, cardio bunnies. Uh, was, I think one of the things you said about, um, people who go to the gym and just hit the cardio machines all the time. Um, and obviously there's a bunch of accounts out there. There's a bunch of hashtags and things of that nature about, you know, women who lift heavy or, or lift at all don't end up looking like men. That's just not how it works. Um, so I wanted to just, since I have you here, just, uh, pick your brain a little bit on, on the difference between cardio and weightlifting and how that overall wellness kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Out of any questions you could ask, I'm glad you asked this one because this is something so simple, but people do so wrong. And yes, it's mainly females. Um, they think they go to the gym and they're cardio bunnies. They go on any cardio machine and they'll just, whatever, the treadmill, the elliptical, the Stairmaster, I know you girls all do it. You're on there for 45 minutes, an hour, and then you leave or maybe do an ab circuit after that, because then you also want abs. It, <laughs> sometimes I just get so frustrated. I don't even have words. <laughs> so yes, girls often do that because they want to lose weight. So they think, let me do cardio for long periods of time. I'm not knocking long cardio. If you are training for cross country mm-hmm. or a marathon or a half marathon or a 5k, please run. The only way you're going to get faster and better in long distance running is by long distance running. But many people are doing it simply for burning calories. And in one workout session, you will most likely burn more calories in that one session than you would if you were weight training in that one session. Mm -hmm. But fast forward in long periods of time, you're going to end up losing more weight in the long run if you consistently weight train rather than consistently um, are on like cardio machines because muscle burns more than fat. So it's going to take time for you to gain more muscle, obviously. So you have to consistently weight train. Once you're gaining more muscle, then you're going to be burning more calories because you're gaining more muscle. If you're just running and running and running all the time, every time you're at the gym, you're not only burning a lot more calories than you probably should, because then people also don't eat enough because they think, let me run a bunch and then still not eat a lot. That is just wrong for so many reasons. (laughs) Um, But then you're also taking a lot of your muscles away when you're running that long. And yes, you're, you're working your muscles in a sense of running and your legs are strong and whatnot. Um, 
but it's it's taking a lot of the big bulk and strength from your muscles that you you need to function and live and why do you want to be scrawny and weak like pick up a weight just move it around do something pick up a box and walk down the street with it and then walk back to your house like <laughs> do something because I promise you're burning calories and you're gaining muscle and the biggest stigma is that girls are afraid they're going to get bulky I promise you it is very 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 hard for you to look like a dude if <laughs> you're weight training yeah. it's it's very difficult and you, you have to be very precise with your uh, macronutrient and calorie intake and what you're the type of workouts you're doing so girls I promise you're not going to get bulky you're not going to look like a bodybuilder you're just not I've been weight training for years and I I don't look like a dude maybe genetics have a part in that but it's really, I promise I've been weight training for years and I'm not, I'm not a dude. <laughs> I mean, I think it, the reason why I asked is one, because there is that stereotype, right? That, that's a big stereotype. And I think it actually stops people um, from, from engaging in functional fitness exercises because of that fear of, oh, what, what is this going to do to transform my body? How am I going to look? That's not the societal norm of how I should look, which is you know, as you said, it's a falsity. It's, it's, you know, any guy who's ever tried to put on muscle mass knows it. it's not that yeah. easy of lifting one weight, you're going to get really bulky. Um, yeah. But also because I think it, it just comes down to a general um, misunderstanding of exercise in any type of folk, whether it's male or female or non-binary or, you know, non-identifying genders or, or, or whatever, any folk who are trying to make a difference usually start off with cardio because it's the simplest. Oh, I can, I can burn a lot of calories this way. And I don't even have to think about it. Cause I hop on the treadmill and it tells me, you know, like this simple yeah. metric of oh, how many calories I'm burning, which is a whole nother conversation too. Yeah. Um, and so I think th that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk a little bit about it is because I think so many people, especially with the pandemic, have really been missing those machines because they don't have them at home. And in, in counseling, I also work with people on weight loss and, you know, just getting to the goals that they want with health and wellness. And the biggest thing I get, well, I don't have time to go to the gym or the gyms are closed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the smallest step, and I know you're really really keyed into like that first step, the smallest step that you can take like that 1% each day to get better. Um, is that, well, you don't need to do that. You, if you have some weights that great, that's great. You can do that at home, or you could even just do push-ups and squats without any weights and, and still get a benefit from that as well. So. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely in saying what I said, I didn't mean for like stereotyping. This yeah. is just what a, a lot of people do feel mm -hmm. and how they are. And I know that people like, it could be, it could be men that want to get stronger, but can't, or they want to lose weight. And so they just go on the cardio machines or vice versa, whatever it is. But it, that's definitely one of it is the, the stereotype of how, what they think, but going to the gym is, I 
didn't realize how many people are actually scared of weights. And again, yes, it's usually females that I come across. Um, but many people are scared of the weights one mainly because they don't know how to use them. Yeah. Like you said, the cardio machines are the easiest. You just, you go on one, you, you don't have to linger around and look awkward in the gym and not think about what you may do or not do. You just, you find a machine, you go on it and you are in your zone and you click whatever you want. No one's going to think twice about it. Um, but that's kind of going to what you said about in the, in the pandemic, people are either like, I don't have time or I, I don't have the equipment. I, my gym is closed. You don't need, if you're really that scared of the gym or certain weights or equipment, whatever it is, if you're really that scared, you can get a great strength training workout with body weight, especially, especially if you're just starting body weight is the best thing you can do. First of all, get your form down, just figure out what the exercise is first, use your own body weight. And then the weights are just for assistance. The weight are, the weights are to help you assist you in the goals you want to, to just get stronger. But if that's not what you want, if you just want to work your muscles a little bit, like think about your muscles as their, their own little person, you know, they, they want, they want to be worked out a little bit. Like they want to love, they want movement. They, they don't want to be flat and saggy and, and weak. That's just sad. You know, they, they want to be worked. So just get moving, you know, whether that's like you said, a few push-ups on the ground, if you can't even do a push-up, just put your hands up on a table or a chair or a bed or a couch and do some push-ups there. You have them as high as you need them to be until you can do a certain amount. And then you bring your hands a little lower and then a little lower and a little lower until you can reach the ground. These things don't need to be scary, but I know people are, and it's easier said than done, especially when talking to people with anxiety about these things. So that's why I really want to help people get across in that, that mindset aspect of what I do with people is just thinking about it in a different way. Don't do anything yet. Just think about it in a different way. Why do you feel the way you feel? Can we think about it this way? Will that ease your worry? If not, then we'll figure out something else. So it, it, it differs for everyone, but it's like you said, just that 1% better. You don't even have to do anything. Just think about it differently. You know, just that 1%. Yeah. I, I'm so honored by the the strength of some of the people in my family that, you know, my niece really was proud of herself when she got her first pull-up and she's in her mm-hmm. 20s. And, and the fact that that was a goal she had rather than just conforming to what the societal norm would kind of push her towards. And to the fact that my daughter saw it, my daughter's going to be six And she does assisted pull-ups with me where I I kind of, you know, take some of her weight, but she pulls herself up and, you know, she'll, she'll get in between my sets and she'll say one more, I want to do one more. And so get to like six or seven of them. And so, you you know, I think it's really important to have that educational piece about what exercise looks like in functional fitness and wellness and what it looks like. So that leads me to like, we referenced it earlier and I'm a big fan of uh, wordplay. So your business amped up coaching, tell me a little bit about that and, and what you're doing with that now. 
Yeah. So honestly, the name doesn't even really matter. It's just about, it really just is about having, being a hub for, for people to come to about fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, anything. Um, but I just slapped a name on it really. (laughs) And so as you mentioned, my middle name is Martha. So Amy Martha Puccini, that's where the amp comes in for amped up coaching. I first thought about amped up fitness. I like the name of it, but I knew I wasn't just fitness and I didn't want people to be scrolling through things, see the name and be like, Oh no, but I'm looking for nutrition mm-hmm. and see fitness. And it's like, wait, no, please. Like <laughs> I love food. I want to talk to you all day about it. <laughs> so, um, I thought about coaching and so amped up coaching there's, I love the color blue. So there's the, the three, if you look at the logo, if no one's seen this, this might be hard to picture, but there's, um, three different shades of blue. And I wanted it like that because there are three pillars to what I work with and that's nutrition, fitness, and mindset. And yes, I will help you if you only want one of them, but you will truly feel so much better and reach quality, quality wellness if you are integrating all three in your life. And people often don't know that they need some of the other things until they start talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then they realize like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that I could be thinking about this in a different way, which helps them reach their goals better in the nutrition aspect, for example. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just, awesome. a, and like I said, it's, it's just, I'm really just a hub for people to go to and I slapped a name on it. <laughs> Well, it works. I mean, you know, viewing, like I mentioned before with your, your Instagram videos, it's like, it's like this amped up energetic quality to it. So it works really well. I, I know you just slapped a name, but I think it really fits across the board with, with what you're talking about. And I do, I love that focus on, on those three pillars, because I, like you're saying, oftentimes I have people come in and like, yeah, no, I got this, I got this on lock. I need help with this. And I'll start, okay, let, let's, let's focus on that. And then in that work, they start to realize maybe they didn't really have that other aspect on lock like they thought they had, which is completely fine. It's just like bringing that awareness to it. And I think one of the biggest things that I really like about your approach with, with the coaching aspect is focusing on the why. I mean, it was the name of your episode with, with a uh, Tanner, right? Like his podcast yeah. was uh, the why. And I think that's a great way to focus on it because so much goals when you start wellness and and nutrition and and fitness are just these metrics that we make up. Oh, you know, I want to get to like benching this or doing this. And, and sometimes it's not attainable, but it's what you saw on TV or, you know, and so really spending time of saying, okay, you want to get there, but why do you want to get there? What is it? What's that driving force and what you've, been so good at doing is unearthing that and really saying okay we'll get you there or you know depending on if it's attainable right but Mm -hmm. let's also work on the this why aspect because there's so much more growth on in in this aspect yeah totally because people are they say i i want to i want to lose 10 pounds okay why oh i just haven't I just haven't been that weight in a long time. Okay. When was, when was the last time you were that weight? Like, how did you, how did you feel? Oh, I was, uh, 
was 20 years ago and I had a kid and I just can't get those 10 pounds off anymore. Okay. So then you keep asking that why and you end up, they can't fit their clothes anymore. They don't feel sexy to their significant other anymore. Like these are such deeper things than I want to lose 10 pounds. Right. And that's really what's going to help them drive in their um, journey through their goal to that example of losing 10 pounds. Because like I had mentioned before, you get to that, you get to your goal and uh, then what are you going to do? You got to know how to enjoy that journey in between the the start and reaching your end goal and the rest of your life. <laughs> right. You have to, because there's, your life is huge. If you're only, if you have that tunnel vision for that last little thing you're looking for, that 10 pounds you want to get to, then you're only looking at that. If you never get there, you're never going to be happy. If you finally get there, most likely if you don't have a plan after that and you didn't enjoy the journey, then you're just going to go back to the way you were in the beginning and it's, you're going to gain it all back. So you have to enjoy the journey, which is why a holistic approach is so important because you need to understand food, the quality of it, how to make food that you enjoy and you like and fit your biochemical individuality and your lifestyle and your taste buds, because everyone is so different and it takes a while and it's trial and error. My, I'm still trial and error with my whole life. I'm in different positions, whether I need to train for um, a certain sport or I'm just trying to live or, you know, my life, your life changes all the time. So you need to figure out how to change with it. And you're not going to stay in that same routine all the time. So truly understanding food and yourself is so important. Knowing when I eat, for example, cheese and your stomach hurts, like don't eat cheese. Don't like, eat cheese. <laughs> Step back you know? away from that and listen to your Yeah. Body. So you figured out, figure out what works for you and what you like, what you don't like. And it's not just about eat chicken, rice, and asparagus every meal until you reach your goal because that was torture and then you reach your goal and you don't want to do that anymore so you really gotta understand it's definitely not sustainable (laughs) i mean you see you see that in competitions all the time like the biggest loser or you know Mm -hmm. a race to a certain weight to see who gets there first but it's not a sustainable thing because you just burn it out so finding healthy ways to do the things you love and, and really listening to the intuition of your body on what you may need. Um, yeah. I mean, people's journeys are so different, so it definitely depends on what, like what you're going to do, but just like there's USDA guidelines or guidelines, they're just main points you're going to hit. That's the same thing for your body. You know, um, your body doesn't react well with cheese. You know, you are better with smaller, more frequent meals than larger, less meals. So it's just about that. And then as your life changes, your goals change, your bodies change, then you can tweak everything else around those main points that you know for your own body. Yeah, very good. All right. So we're I I did promise you we'd talk about superheroes besides just the shield and the Martha uh, conversation. (laughs) Um so the way I end every podcast, just two two simple questions, and you can answer them in any order you want to. And the first is if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? And then the second would, would be, what do you think your superpower is? Mm. Clarifying the last question, what do I think it is like right now as me? Mm-hmm. Like okay. not in comic land, not in fantasy, <laughs> but like true life. 
what is your your uh, strength and superpower? I like that question. All right, I'm gonna answer that one first. Um, I wow, caught me off guard. I don't know. Um, I think my superpower is empathy. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm tuned my own horn, like oh, I'm so like uh, caring and yada yada. But yeah. it is it's you don't realize how important it is in a conversation and connection with people to truly empathize with their situation when you're having a conversation and you can, you can connect better. You can understand them better. And I truly believe that that has um, allowed me to make better connections in my life. And thus those people are, well, I think so. And I hope so are having better connections in their life with me and I can give them information and I can, I can help them out and we can truly, um, gain a good connection or just friendship in general, depending on the situation I'm in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. And, um, so, um, in comic land, my, if I was going to have any superpower, it would 100% be to fly. I have thought about this a lot. Um, <laughs> but I think there's so many different superpowers out there, but I mean, super strength, yeah, I'm probably never going to get that in the gym, but I could still get pretty strong. Um, I can't be invisible, but I think just flying would be sick. You know, you are never going to be able to float in your own body and just fly away. You have to be in a plane or something. That would just be awesome. It'd just be so cool to think about it. You ever have a dream where you were flying? Yeah, it's always awesome to wake up. (laughs) Uh, I want to go back. I want to go back. Right? I'm like, how do I how do I have that dream again? Because it was so much fun. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right. Well, so you know, an honor to have you on. Uh, Any last gems of knowledge you want to drop for the listeners? Any parting gifts that you want to leave? My last parting gift in knowledge would be to to take a step back and breathe. There's a lot of information out there. I know you may really want to get a certain goal or look a certain way or feel a certain way, but take a step back and breathe because it's a lot and it's overwhelming and it can really take a toll on you mentally and thus physically. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot. So just, just take some time for yourself and, and breathe and then recoup and figure out what's going to work best for yourself. You take a step back and do that 1% thing that's going to make you better that, that day, then, then you've already won because you are, you are progressing in your life. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an honor talking to you and talking about this stuff. And I really appreciate everything you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was really great. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook, and please leave us a review 
on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.